Well, you listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Carol Master in New York. I'm Corey Johnson here out in our 960 studios uh, out over the San Francisco Bay and also in our New York studios right now uh, to talk about the FOMC rate decision. Dave Wilson, our stocks editor, and Damien Sassauer, Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income strategist. And Damien, as you look at the, the news coming out of the Fed here, what uh, obviously the balance sheet unwind is a big story here, but what do you see uh, that you might not have expected? Well, I think um, three more hikes in 2018 is a bit uh, is a bit rich, right? I mean, I think if you listen to Carl Ricadana, our BI economist, I think they are pricing in two more in 2018 and two more each year thereafter. So, um, a bit ahead of the curve still, and um, and yeah, I mean that, that that that's that's a bit of a surprise for me as well. And also the fact that we got a little bit of uncertainty regarding the extent to which the runoff is going to occur how much, exactly what's going to happen there, I think the markets were looking for a little bit more clarity. Yeah, I feel like we keep waiting for the specificity in terms of what the Fed's going to do, Damien, and we're still waiting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's right, and I think the markets are reacting to that immediately thereafter. But, you know, the markets have a funny way of kind of reacting these days, be it earthquakes, hurricanes, missile <laughs> launches. So, I, Well, let, yeah. me, let, me, let me just point out, too, yeah, the S&P just prior to the Fed announcement was just down fractionally. Now the S&P just down about four points here. Dow was up about nine points. It's now down about six. And the Nasdaq was down about 13, and it's doubled that decline, uh, down about 27 points. More importantly, let's see what's going on in terms of interest rate uh, moves. We had that 10 your note at 223, and we've seen a big move, 225 now. Uh, so we've seen some reaction. Uh, that five-year note was at 181 now, at 185. And the two-year note, the shorter end of the yield curve, most impacted, was at uh, 138 now, at 142. Uh, Damien, those moves in the bond market significant? Mm. At least... In the I mean, short term. I mean, really, the, the as an emerging market strategist, I mean, what I'm really looking right, right now is the dollar, right? And the dollar is trying to kind of trying to find its way here. And, and look, you know, quant easing, you saw, you know, the, the dollar basically uh, um, depreciate quite quite significantly. And now we're looking for quant tightening. I mean, one would assume that the dollar would, in fact, appreciate. And that is never a good thing for, mm -hmm. for emerging markets, right? Right, exactly. And certainly, um, yeah, certainly has an impact on a lot of companies. Dollar index, if I look at it on the Bloomberg, up about three-tenths of a percent. So we did see a pop coming after that Fed news. Dave Wilson, come on in on the conversation. Stocks editor at Bloomberg News. Equity markets did get a tad more negative. A tad. But you got to bear in mind, you still have the S&P 500. If you look at today's range, high to low, <laughs> less than three-tenths of a percentage point. It's consistent with what we've seen now for seven trading days, this being the seventh. And already the index has come off its lows. So it's not like the Fed's decision really changed anything in terms of the way that the market's behaving and of course, that brings up the potential. I mean, you get an update today and you get another record for the S&P 500. It would be the fourth in a row. So, you know, the, the whole idea here that, uh, you know, th this move obviously is significant in terms of monetary policy, but in terms of how the stock market's reacting to it, you know, it's just another event, like so many events in the past week and a half mm -hmm. that have just kind of come and gone without producing much of a ripple effect. So the Fed starting this balance sheet roll off in October, the pace described in June. Um, can you remind us, Damien, what that pace was? What, what was the, the what were those details? Yeah, no. So as per previous guidance, I mean, the reinvestment cap for Treasury securities, I think it was to start at something like $6 billion and increase by $6 billion increments every three months mm -hmm. until kind of reaching $30 billion. And for mortgages, I believe it was 
uh, I believe it was $4 billion, and then rising in $4 billion increments to $20 billion. So, you know, again, you know, the markets are waiting for clarity there. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the screens. I'm looking at, you know, again, the U.S. dollar index. I mean, it is higher, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and in terms of EM local rates, what does that mean, right? I mean, I think what we're starting to, to see here is perhaps... You know, a shift, a shift in funding currencies, right? Guys who play in EM local rates, you know, they have to, you know, they have to fund in, 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 in a currency, right? And it's been the dollar, right? Because the dollar's been depreciating. And we might actually see things shift now to the euro or commodity currencies, for example, like the CAD and the Aussie dollar, even the Sing dollar, you know, because again, rates in Brazil, Indonesia, Turkey, et cetera, you know, they're still attractive in a zero interest rate environment. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be people who want to take advantage of that, but right. funding it is a different story. Hey, Dave, I'm just watching the Bloomberg Live blog <clears throat> and some of the reaction in terms of the markets. Our Ira Jersey saying the balance sheet runoff means slightly more T-bill uh, supply this year, probably more short-term coupon issuance as well but will need to rise only slowly. I'm also seeing that bank stocks are rallying. Uh, can you talk us through that? Well, you've got bond yields up a touch. Presumably, if people anticipate yields go up more, it's positive for the banks in terms of, you know, what they can earn on their loans and investments. You know, we've been now you know, a couple of years anticipating that at some point, the rates would really start moving in favor of the banks and, and other financial companies. Hasn't happened. So now that the Fed uh, says it's definitely going to start uh, reducing its bond holdings, you know, that sort of speculation becomes more front and center, the idea that it's going to be a plus for the financial industry. Yeah, interesting times, too, with this. Um, and, you know, we'll see how the market digests this. I mean, do you, um, uh, Damien, when you look at the plans to sell all this, I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars here. Um, is the market able to absorb all that over this time? Well, you know, I mean, it's so funny. Everybody does focus on, you know, the, the quant tightening. But, I mean, let's not forget the ECB is, if there's one thing we can take away, right, from, from, from the path that the Fed has taken to this point, it has been a long time coming, right? And the ECB is certainly behind us. And the BOJ, I mean, my goodness, we don't even see them tightening policy anytime soon. And their balance sheets are far larger. Well, in, in the case of the Bank of Japan, anyway. So, you know, there's still plenty of, 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 of you know, cash sloshing around out there in the, uh, in the market, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be still pretty an easy environment. Uh, and I think that's a good point in terms of market reaction a little bit longer term. All right, guys, thanks so much. Damien Sassauer, he is fixed income strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence back in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York, along with our own Dave Wilson, stocks editor at Bloomberg News. Dave will be along a little bit later on with his chart and stock of the day. Just a reminder, the Fed meeting, uh, we just got uh, word from them that uh, rates, as widely expected, keeping those rates unchanged, planning that balance sheet runoff in October, and the forecast still signaling another 2017 hike, three more in 2018. The Fed came, they conquered again. Well, maybe not conquered, but they did meet. And as expected, widely expected, uh, rates left unchanged. Uh, they did talk about plans uh, in terms of the balance sheet runoff to uh, happen in October. Forecast, though, still signaling another 2017 rate hike and three more to come in 2018. The Fed being unanimous uh, in this decision. Let's talk a little bit more about what we got from uh, the Fed. Matt Bosler is our Federal Reserve reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York. Jim Karen is portfolio manager and senior member of Global Fixed Income Team at Morgan Stanley Investment Management on the phone in New York. Just a reminder, programming note, Janet Yellen, Fed Chair, will begin speaking at 2.30 
followed by a press conference with reporters, and we will take you live uh, to the nation's capital to listen in uh, on Janet Yellen. Matt, let me start with you. Pretty much what we got, what we expected, or do we want a little bit more, some more specifics when it comes to uh, rolling off uh, the balance sheet? Yeah, so I think the most striking thing here today actually was in the interest rate projections. So there was uh, kind of a a view that uh, most uh, people on the FOMC would still project wanting to go forward with another rate hike in December. Uh, But the thing that was interesting was there were four people in June who didn't want any more rate hikes this year. And we were expecting maybe a few participants to join them down there. except there were only four again in September who don't want any rate hikes this year, which means there's still 12 who do. That's a pretty strong consensus around the table, it sounds like, that they're not too worried about the recent weakness that we've been seeing inflation still want to forge ahead. And that seems a little bit more widespread than perhaps we were expecting. Um, yeah, and, and then there's a sort of kink in the, in, the, in the shape of the dot plot that we haven't seen before sort of going out into 2020. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the 2020 forecast for the first time. And and that was another interesting thing that actually the 2020 forecasts are now above uh, what they consider to be the so-called neutral rate in the long run. And part of that is because um, those neutral rate estimates for the for the long run neutral rate actually came down quite a bit. So uh, in June, you only had one FOMC participant who thought that the neutral rate was two and a half percent or below. Now you have five. So that's a pretty significant shift toward, you know, the terminal rate is not going to be as high as we thought even a few months ago. Jim Karen, Portfolio Manager, Senior Member of Global Fixed Income Team at Morgan Stanley Investment Management. We did see yields uh, react, move up a little bit uh, right after the news. What does this mean uh, short-term, longer-term for the fixed income market? Well, I think what's really curious right here is how traders in the market, actual investors in the market versus the analyst community or even the Fed itself have just been very, very different in terms of their expectations. So if we take this from the Fed's perspective, the Fed would be wondering why the market's so surprised. They've been telling you all along they're going to hike rates in December. They're going to hike rates three times in 2018. But the markets ahead of this just don't believe the Fed. And, and just, just categorically, categorically do not believe what the Fed is saying because they see inflation's low and the market tends to overweight the most recent decline in inflation, whereas the Fed really, really wants to look past that. So I think really where the crux of the matter is going to be is if inflation does start to rise, that is going to make the Fed's call more correct. If inflation doesn't start to actually rise, then the market participants' calls are going to be correct, and that's going to push down expectations even further. Jim, that is the bane in the, their existence, the Fed's existence, inflation, right? It, or, or maybe it's helpful, I don't know, in this environment. Helpful or hurtful? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a helpful measure, you know, to, to look at things. And I think clearly everything is pivoting off what inflation's actually going to be. But I think from an investor's perspective and the way that I'm looking at it in, in the markets is that I have a hard time believing that the Fed is actually going to hike rates three times in 2018. It's pretty aggressive. Unless we, which is pretty aggressive. Is especially since the forecasted inflation is probably going to be below their 2% threshold. So the question then is, is the Fed really on a set course to hike interest rates and is data becoming less important to the Fed? And they just want to uh, unwind the balance sheet and they just want to get rates higher? If that's the case, then that is not being socialized in the markets right now. And I think that's where the confusion is. Uh, it, it's it's intriguing too. I mean, it's got to with that uh, what sounds like a very decisive view on your point, on your part. That must create some opportunities for you if you think the market in the short term is wrong headed. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it certainly does. I mean, you know, what it's basically saying is that, you know, if, if interest rates are expected to rise the way that the Fed says that they're going to rise, then there is plenty of opportunities to be, you know, uh, have yield curve flatteners on and be very underweight or very short the front end of, of the curve. Mm-hmm. Now, think of it this way. The Fed is telling us by 2018 that the Fed funds rate is going to be 2.25%. That is exactly where the 10-year note is today, 2.25%. So is the yield curve going to be at zero in one year's time? Now, this is a naive way of looking at it, but that's effectively what the, what the Fed is telling us, that they're going to bring the Fed funds rate up to the same level of 10-year yields today. I want to bring back Matt Bosler, Federal Reserve reporter at Bloomberg News. Uh, let's remind everybody that Janet Yellen, Fed Chair, will be speaking, uh, making comments, and then answering questions from a reporter. That's at uh, 2.30 Wall Street time. We'll take you live uh, to the nation's capital. Listen to that. Matt, what's the question that you would want to ask Janet Yellen right now? So here's the question I would ask. What is the appropriate uh, real interest rate? Have you changed your views on what the, the neutral rate is right now? Because to, to add to what Jim was saying, you know, you had that that unchanged rate forecast for three more hikes next year. At the same time, they actually inch down their inflation forecast, so they no longer see inflation getting back up to 2% by the end of next year. It's slightly below at 1.9%. That implies that they think uh, higher real interest rates are appropriate now than they did three months ago. And that's interesting because actually real interest rates in the market have been coming down uh, because there was some expectation that perhaps the Fed would go a little bit slower due to the weaker inflation data. That's clearly not the case. If anything, it's it's a little bit the opposite. And so just trying to tease out, you know, what is that sort of reaction function? How How is that changing? Um, you know, how do you explain that? Well, indeed. I mean, uh, who's got it wrong here? And are we right to start looking sort of Fed member to Fed member to see who's, whose opinion might be likely to change? Yeah, so I think the uh, sort of the, the dichotomy here coming into this meeting was we had two big policymakers, New York Fed President Bill Dudley on the one side, who's kind of sticking to this Phillips curve framework view of the world, as long as the unemployment rate is low, inflation should be expected to pick up. And then on the other side, Lyle Brainerd, who's saying, you know, maybe we can't count on that. Maybe we need to get a little bit behind the curve intentionally and wait for inflation to rise before we start raising rates. It looks like Bill Dudley was a little bit more persuasive this time around than Lyle Brainerd. Jim Karen, does it feel like we're getting different things? Um, a more, uh, I guess what I want to get to is I feel like the Fed comes out every year or there's expectations at the end of the year of what, what's going to happen in the following year, and then the Fed has to temper everything back. How likely is it that case will play out again in 2018? Well, I think it's very likely, and part of the reason why I think it's very likely is that we're going to have a lot of new members of, of the Fed in, in 2018, so we could have as many as five new um, governors on, on, on the Federal Reserve, and that could influence the, these dots that we're looking at today, these long-term forecasts. This can be very, very different if we were to look at it again in March, if we had a new set of players. So we're not even sure if the policy that's being set, whether it's by Dudley and whether Dudley will continue to stay on beyond 2018, um, whether those votes or those opinions that they're sharing in the markets today or the guidance that Janet Yellen, she may not be there after right. February. Um, that could be very, very different. Uh, indeed. And uh, as we wait for Janet Yellen to speak here, um, you know, what, what is it that you think you'd want to hear from her that would, might give you some clarity as to their direction? Well, I mean, I, I think for I think for one, I think what Matt was saying in terms of the what their neutral real Fed funds rate is, is what we call R star, right? So, so the nominal Fed funds rate minus inflation. What is that supposed to be? Is it supposed to be zero percent? Is a real in, uh, Fed funds rate supposed to be zero? Is it supposed to be one percent? 
and and, and the view is that it's probably closer to um, probably closer to zero, meaning that if we have about one and a half percent inflation, then you really don't need a Fed funds rate that's really much beyond one and a half, say two percent, to really get to your neutral policy rate. Now that's the big debate. Now the Fed would say no, no, no. You know we're actually going to get to two percent inflation, and that's why we're going to bring the uh, policy rate up to 2.75 or 3. I mean, today, as we know, it's probably the long run is 2.75, mm-hmm. and that would get you to that R star to around 0.75 to 1%. All right. Jim Karen, thank you so much. Portfolio Manager, Senior Member of Global Fixed Income Team over at Morgan Stanley Investment Management on the phone in New York City. Matt Bosler, thank you also. Federal Reserve Reporter at Bloomberg News, uh, back at our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York.